join us if you dare. It's movie night at your drive-in of terror. Each week, you'll hear about one campy movie for a laugh. One terrifying feature sure to scare your pants off. And one kid-friendly scare for the little ones. Or not-so-little ones, needing a little less terror. The show's about to start. Get comfy and sit down in front. Oh, and one more thing. This episode contains spoilers. Consider yourself warm. Enjoy the show, if you're brave enough. Take it away, Shay. I'm Shay. I'm here with a very special guest host today for season two, episode 24. So pull on into our drive-in of terror because the Lazarus effect is on the big screen. You grab the snacks, we'll kill the lights. Hey, Eric, how are you? Hey, I'm really excited to be on this part of the podcast. I've always <laughs> been really supportive of the podcast, obviously, um, since it started, and I've been handling the social media for it, I think pretty much through most of season two, if not all of season two. Yeah, um, I think it's all been, of it, really. Yeah, and it's been a blast. Um, I'm having a lot of fun making the Facebook posts. I hope everybody has fun seeing the Facebook post. I'm, I'm we're seeing the numbers go up, so hopefully the quality of the podcast has, has really grabbed people, and I hope people are uh, telling their friends about it and 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 spreading it around. But um, I'm having a blast doing it on that side, and, and I'm really looking forward to giving a shot on this side for a couple of episodes. Yeah, and I think it's going to be a lot of fun. So for anybody listening, uh, Tom is not gone. We did not... No. We do not get rid of him in very typical horror movie fashion. He is just, he just needs a little time to uh, deal with some family stuff and some house stuff going on. So he will be back. He is missed, but he will be back. So today, so it's funny because Tom and I always have these conversations. We always talk because I don't live with Tom, but I do live with Eric. And for anybody who doesn't know, he is my fiance for some reason. You know, we're going to get married. I don't know why, but it's fine. I don't know why she's marrying me either. (laughs) He's scared. It's fine. Um, but Eric and I always watch the same stuff for the most part. I do sneak and watch some stuff without him, which sounds dirty, but it's not. I <laughs> We just have slightly different tastes in some ways. But um, one of the things I feel like would be great to have him talk with us about today, because Tom recommended it, is The Servant on Apple TV or Apple Plus TV. I we're not Apple users, so I don't know 100% know which one it is. But I it think was it's Apple TV, the Apple TV app. Here we go. Um, but Tom recommended it to us and it has Rupert Grint in it, who where the hell did he come from cuz he's freaking awesome and I think I like I him. I think he was in a little movie series Harry Potter, something oh, like that. Was that him? Was he I the think little, okay. he was right, the yeah. little Yeah, I think that was him. Oh, was that Ed Sheeran? No, I think it was him. <laughs> I think he was, he might be, is he, I don't even know how, I, I'm, I suck at age, but, um, <laughs> but so he was in, uh, earlier in 2022, he was in Cabinet of Curiosities for an episode uh, by uh, Guillermo del Toro. He has recently been in a movie that we watched too called uh, Knock at the Cabin, and he actually plays um, well, why don't you tell us a little bit about Knock at the Cabin? 
Uh, Knock at the Cabin was really, really good. We got to, got a chance to watch that the other day. Um, not only not too many spoilers though, just no, 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 no spoilers, no spoilers. Um, uh, you know, not only was Rupert Grint really, really great in it. Um, Dave Batista, who is super underrated as an actor, um, he he was fantastic in it. Um, it was a little bit of actually, ironically, a little, we just did Cabin in the Woods last week, and it was a little bit of a Cabin in the Woods type of a situation without all the campiness. Um, but it's that type of a movie where this family's on vacation and some people come and and the things that happen happen again without without spoiling anything, the things that happen happen. But Rupert Grint does a great job in that movie. Dave Bautista does a really, really great job in that movie. Um, he's he's a lot more than the wrestling guy. He's a lot more than Drax. Uh, mm-hmm. He's he's done a great job in a couple of in a couple of movies, but that movie was um it was one of those movies that I didn't have my phone in my hand through the whole time. So that says something this day and age when with movies that come out. It it does not only not only are his turds huge, but his acting chops are also apparently he's got very the chops. <laughs> he does. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. So back to Rupert Grint though. So he's also in the show that we're watching called The Servant. We're not done yet. Uh, I think we're like most of the way through season three. And it basically uh, centers around this family who lost a child in a tragic way. I'm not going to get into it. If you haven't watched it, you should actually check it out because it's fantastic. And um, the mother is using a lifelike doll as a coping mechanism. And then stuff just ensues, and it's really, really good. But I don't know that enough people have given this show a chance. I'm not going to get into it. But you have my utmost recommendation, as well as Tom's, and I'm sure you have Eric's, too. Oh yeah, absolutely. As Tom mentioned again, when he when he brought it up, it is an Apple TV thing, and not everybody has Apple TV. But um, if you can get it on a, if you if it, you want to work it into your rotation rotation of streaming, or if you can get it on a trial basis or whatever, um, make sure you check it out. Uh, Rupert Grint is fantastic. The only actor that I really recognize in the show, but um, they all do a pretty good job. Uh, it's it's it caught us right from episode one and. As Shay mentioned, we're about halfway through episode three. I know there's four seasons, so I'm looking forward to and kind of bummed out that there's only one, one and a half or so more seasons. But um, excellent show, really good show. Yes, and you can throw it into your rotation too, as as he was saying. So, um, but I think why don't we why don't we get down to business? Why don't you talk with me about your first ever campy movie on the show? For those looking for a laugh, it's time for the campy. Okay, yeah, absolutely. I'm looking forward to it. Um, and when I was a kid, this is a movie that came out. I was into horror movies when I was a kid. Um, this was kind of lumped in. So I'm going to talk about Ghoulies, first of all. Um, Ghoulies was a series of um, four films uh, from 1985 to 1994. Um, it was kind of released in a lump with, or it was always lumped in by fans um, with Gremlins came first, and then there was Ghoulies, and then there was Critters, and they're not related in any way. Like they're not the same director, they're not the same universe, or anything like that. But they're they're often lumped together because they're small, malevolent, evil, mean creatures that cause chaos and havoc and whatnot. Um, so Ghoulies was that that middle one. Um, Ghoulies. And Critters, I feel like, is far more campy than than Gremlins, but Gremlins has its camp as well. Um, anyway, just to talk about the movie, uh, the movie starts out with this cult in like a castle mansion thing, and this guy is about to sacrifice a baby 
um, and all the, the followers of the cult have their hoods on. So a woman comes out of the crowd, she unhoods herself and says, you said the baby would be safe, you wouldn't touch the baby. And she runs up and puts an amulet on the baby's neck, which protects the baby from Malcolm, who is the cult leader. And let me just take a moment to, since it's the campy movie, let me tell you that Malcolm's eyes look like someone took the finished product of this movie and just use a highlighter on his eyes. It is god awful. It is, it, but it's god awful in a funny way. Like it's, you don't go into this movie expecting to find an Academy Award. Uh, this is a, a a campy, low budget, cheesy movie, and it ha delivers the low budget, cheesy effects. So, Malcolm with the highlighter eyes gets really angry that this woman has protected the baby. And now he demands that she will be sacrificed in opposed to the baby. And she picks this guy Wolfgang. I mean, he picks this guy Wolfgang out of the out of the crowd to get the baby out of his sight. And, and then that's the last you see of the cult, because at that point, the movie time jumps. Now you have the baby. The baby is Jonathan. He has grown up. He inherits this house, this castle mansion, where dad was doing rituals. And there's a, a creepy grave in the back. Him and his girlfriend find the creepy grave. Wolfgang, the aforementioned cult leader who cleared the baby out, he's the caretaker of the property. Um, and so they do what college-age kids would do in a big, empty castle mansion they have a typical god-awful 80s party complete with all of the stereotype kids, the, the jocks, the nerds, the freaks, the weirdos, the bullies and all of them, the drinkers, the party guys. Um, and they decide they're going to have a ritual down in the basement. Uh, Jonathan has found some books and some occult stuff. To wrap stuff up, they end up summoning the ghoulies. Um, the spirit of, of Jonathan's dad convinces him to, to resurrect the ghoulies and then they resurrect the cult leader. The cult leader takes over the ghoulies and attacks the kids, kills all of Jonathan's friends. Then Wolfgang jumps in with his magic and they end up fighting the cult leader David together. Um, they defeat David, they defeat the ghoulies and as they're driving away, of course, the ghoulies rise up and it lets you know there's going to be a sequel. And then eventually there's end up, there's actually end up being three more sequels. So there's four movies overall. Um, this is the kind of movie that you hang out with your friends, you make fun of it. You can't take this movie seriously. It is completely a cheesy, campy movie. The second movie, the, the ghoulies end up hooking. They end up hitching a ride to a carnival and they end up at a carnival and everybody believes that they're just part of the carnival and chaos ensues. Um, and in the third movie, the ghoulies go to college. I mean, really, the ghoulies go to college. A college professor who's into the occult summons the ghoulies. Everyone on campus thinks it's a frat prank. It's part of... of um, the frat week where everybody's pitching into fraternities and of course chaos ensues as it goes. Uh, the fourth ghoulies was direct to video and we bring back Jonathan. Jonathan is now a detective. He has 
stopped doing the occult stuff, but he has a crazy ex-girlfriend who's in an asylum, and somehow she gets the ability to resurrect the ghoulies and summon the ghoulies, and then they have to fight the ghoulies one more time. So overall, it's a fun, campy, cheesy, low-budget romp of a set of movies that's just it's just fun. You're not going to win any awards. You're not going to have a whole lot of deep thoughts or conversations about these movies, but they're just fun. Um, to me, one of the funnest things about learning about this movie was there was the ad campaign when they put the ad campaign together to produce a who's uh, Charles Band has said that they came up with the image of the ghoulie popping up out of the toilet. Um, this is the most iconic image from the film. And he says that that image wasn't even in the film until they made the ad from it. But it got such a response that they went and shot a scene in the movie to match the ad. The director says the scene was always in the movie. Who knows which is true, to be honest with you. But the, the cover of the movie, the actual, the actual photo that you see, is the ghoulie coming out of the toilet. And parents were complaining. Their kids were afraid to use the bathroom after seeing the creepy crawly ghoulie just coming up out of the toilet and that's that's the most iconic image in the movie and it was one of the most fun things to learn about the movie that i didn't already know from watching the movie yeah so <laughs> what's your overall opinion on the movie man i mean it is i i wouldn't i wouldn't go out of my way to watch them again it's one of those things where if it was on like cable tv or if someone in the house was watching it and i'm crossing the living room i'd probably stop and watch it with them for a little while and make fun of it but in a fun way like the way you make fun of your friends you know what i mean like you make it's not in a malicious way i don't mean to be rude to the people who made the movie not that they're gonna ever know what i say about the movie but like it's just you know like oh look at those eyes are you kidding me like, look at your glow-in-the-dark eyes. It looks like the stars that were on my bedroom ceiling when I was a kid. Like, it's pretty pretty bad. Um, I mean, that's just what it is. It's, it, it is what it is. It's a popcorn, drinking beers, hanging out with your friends, make fun of it, goofy movie. That's what it is. It's fun. Yeah. No, I agree. It's definitely one of those ones that if I mean if you love horror, especially can't be horror, what just watch it once. Don't you're probably not gonna want to watch it again. <laughs> no, no, but, no, no. You're probably not going out to buy the DVD. No, no. And if you do, you know what? Good for you. Good for you. <laughs> but, yeah, it's probably for some people, but I mean I think for the majority, it is what it is. Exactly. All right. Well, if you don't have anything else on your campy, I'd like to move on to my feature. For those brave souls ready for a fright. It's time for the feature. Well, today I'm talking about Lazarus Effect from 2015. I don't remember hearing about this movie when it first came out. I just kind of happened to stumble across it. Actually, we both did. Um, on TV, we're like, oh, that looks kind of interesting. Um, on one of the streaming services like a couple years back. And I will tell you, this movie is one of the few movies that managed to get me and not even just once with jump scares and they're not overly corny jump scares they're not just littered throughout the whole thing to make it good because the story in this movie stands up on its own it didn't even need the jump scares but they were so well timed <clears throat> and so unexpected that 
multiple of them got me and they almost never get me in movies. All right. So to start, this movie has a huge cast. It, it has so many people in it. You have uh, Olivia Wilde, you have Mark Duplass or Duplee or Duplass. I'm not sure to say that. I do apologize. I'm <laughs> not even sure. But Sorry, he's Mark. the guy from that movie Creep. It, that's another amazing horror movie. Uh, you have Evan Peters, Donald Glover. I could go on. There's seriously so many people in this movie. <clears throat> so it starts out with Zoe and Mark, who are played by Olivia Wilde and Mark Duplass, or Duplee again. <laughs> um, and they're leading a research team, and they're trying to figure out how to reanimate people after they've passed away. They're trying to recreate life and bring people back from the dead. Um, after some unsanctioned success. So they're not supposed to be working as heavily on what they're working on. Uh, but they bring in a dog and that has passed away. And they do this experiment on them. And at first they don't think it works. And then all of a sudden he just sprung to life. And he was angry and he was scared. And, you know, the port, you actually feel really, really bad for the dog. But after a few minutes... He kind of calmed down and was seeming like a dog again. The dog goes home with Mark and, Mark and Zoe. And during his stay, he kind of takes a little bit of a turn where he gets a little bit creepy. And eventually that does lead to, I'm going to warn you, the dog dies again. You don't see the dog die the first time, but I mean, you know he dies for sure the second time. But there is a scene of dead dogs for anybody who has a hard time watching movies with animals that die or or want to at least know if the dog dies beforehand because I know there's been a couple movies that I've seen that I would have liked to do that beforehand <clears throat> now during another like kind of round of experiments and stuff like that to try to get things like to perfect the system Zoe is actually electrocuted and she dies now Mark takes it upon himself he's he's gonna do the experiment on her he's gonna hook her up to the machines and then and he's gonna run everything and the rest of the team is very skeptical of that they don't want to do it it's unethical it's you know not allowed or whatever but he gives them the option to leave and he kind of points out that listen if we don't do this though that's it Zoe's gone we we don't have Zoe anymore now with really not as much convincing as you would think they agree to help him. They're hesitant, but they do agree to help him. Now, same as a dog. At first, it didn't seem like it worked. And then, you know, they hear a security guard coming, so they all hide. The lights are out and stuff like this. And when Mark turns back around from where he's hiding after the security guard goes by, Mark turns around and boom, Zoe is sitting up. So it worked. It's, it's you know, it's pretty freaking cool. Now, she's obviously shaken. She kind of wants to go to the hospital, but Mark's like, no, I mean, I can do everything the hospital can do. They're not going to know how to deal with this. So he doesn't take her. Uh, they go home and he's trying to treat her normal, but like give her time to kind of heal and get used to the idea of being uh, essentially a zombie, I guess. Because if you're reanimated, you're technically a zombie now, aren't you? No. So Mark brings Zoe home again. He's treating her kind of normal. He's trying to get her to be her old self again. And she seems mostly that way, just a little bit shooken. Um, but just like the dog, things started to change. They go back to the lab and the, the team starts realizing that, okay, Zoe is now knowing what I'm thinking. She's, you know, she all of a sudden can, she can manipulate lights. She is using more, basically, essentially this, this whole experiment 
leads to whoever's reanimated using all of their brain as opposed to just the small fraction that we typically use and this leads her to telekinesis it leads her to mind reading it leads to really just so a lot of stuff ensues and a lot of stuff happens here and this is one of those movies and i know i have given you some stuff that's nothing that's going to be a super shock because you do get into it pretty early in the movie so like within the first 10 minutes you know this is going to happen i haven't told you anything that you're not going to know very quickly I'm not going to go into super duper detail, but I will tell you that there is a killing spree um, in that there are some flashback scenes that are kind of used against some of the teammates and stuff like that. And she really kind of harnesses what their like innermost fears are and stuff like that. And it is not super gory, but it's violent. Some of the best scenes I've seen in any movie. And I mean, really, that's kind of like the whole entire gist of it. And all I can help but think is, uh, as Stephen King said, sometimes dead is better. And I feel like it's very prominent here. Sometimes dead is better. So, but that's all I'm going to give you for this. It came out in 2015. It's called The Lazarus Effect. It's available on streaming services. So Google it. You, I'm sure you have one of them. So, um, yeah, check it out. Oh, we have a rating today. Um, obviously, sure. I think I would like to rate this on a scale of 1 to 10 reanimations. And I'm going to let you go first okay. on that. Yeah, that sounds good. So you go first. Um, so I, I remember, not to jump right into the um, rating, but I remember, so like we watch a lot of random movies especially horror movies and uh, Lazarus effects stuck out really really early to us and and like you mentioned we watched it years ago and for it to even be at like the forefront of our thoughts for you for you to even put it on this list um it shows how good of a movie this really was um I, I don't know how to say that guy's name either um but he was really good Olivia Wilde um I was a fan of Olivia Wilde from watching around house she was really great on house um but she did a great job being, you know, in the movie as well. Um, I guess if I'm going to, I'm definitely going to probably rate this. I'm going to go an eight and that's actually pretty high. I mean, it's not a classic, so it's not going to touch the nines and the tens, but I mean, it really stands out amongst a lot of other movies. Um, there was a feeling of, of, of tenseness through watching this movie, which led to those jump scares, which, I can attest to it, guys. She says she doesn't jump scare easy. She does not jump scare easy. There are plenty of times when when our son jump scares and I jump scare, and she just looks at us like, I don't even know why that scared you. So, like, she doesn't jump scare easy. But um, the tension in the air watching this movie really leads. It's not just a cheap jump scare. It's not just when, you know, the person turns around and the monster is there and you already knew it was going to be there. No, these 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 jump scares aren't just because something flashed on the camera or made a loud noise. These jump scares are set up by that feeling of tension that comes from a really suspenseful movie. Um, so this is not just a crap like a like a a slasher flick. Not that there's anything wrong with slashers, but this is not just a slasher. This is not just a supernatural. This this is like a science fiction horror suspense movie and really heavy on the suspense. So for me, this is this is a, a good solid eight. 
and it stands out amongst a lot of other movies. <clears throat> I like it. Well deserved too, because it, it's fantastic. Your rating is actually close to mine. Um, so again, it like you said, I I watch horror movies all the time, and I do. I love it when everybody else in the room jump scares and get, you know maybe spills a little bit of their popcorn or almost spills their drink or hear the gasp. And that's one of my mm-hmm. favorite things about watching horror movies with other people is that. But there's always a small little fraction of me that's a, a little jealous because that legitimately does not happen to me much at all anymore. Because, again, I'm, I am I mainly watch horror movies. I don't watch a lot of other kind of movies with the exception, obviously, of like Marvel and whatever. Um, but I, I don't really watch anything else, so nothing scares me very much. But this movie does. And it gets you so deeply... And it had me, so this is one of the movies, again, rarely, that um, I had to get up in the middle of the night, probably to use the bathroom or something. Literally the night that we watched this, I was okay on the way to the bathroom. I was fine. <laughs> I made it in. Uh, and I, when I looked in the mirror, I was washing my hands and peeked up in the mirror. And I was, I every hair on the back of my neck stood up because I was just waiting for Zoe to be there. I swear to God, I was, I, I was just waiting for like Zoe to be behind me or something like that. And I, you know, turned the light off. I exited the bathroom and I started into the kitchen room. I'm fine. I'm big and strong. I'm not scared of anything. That was just a little, whatever. Um, I I heard, I swear, there's like a random creak because we live in a really old house, like a random creak of nothing, a creak that I hear all the time, but the lights were off. And usually we keep one on. We weren't keeping one on that night. The lights were off, and then um, my very, very brave ass uh, ran <laughs> from the kitchen and then hopped back into my bed, waking Eric up for a second, um, because that this movie literally had me that jumpy and, like, that much thinking about it. I'm going to give it an eight and a half. Well, honestly, that's, I get it, and, and yeah, I can attest to that, and it was, it was something, like I said, not only did it stick out to us years later like it does now but it, it really stayed with us um with the following hours and days or so watching the movie uh, it was one of those movies where you watch it and you, you knew it was good i mean it felt like i said the suspense you felt the whole thing but then like days later you'd be like man that lazarus effect movie that was way better than i thought it was going to be that was really good yeah no it, it's i don't even know it, it's fantastic so yeah. but total edge of the seat movie and just go watch it for sure yeah definitely yeah. You have anything else on Lazarus Effect? No, that's that that wraps it up pretty well. I think that we we covered it. All right. Well, then why don't you dive in uh, to your first ever family friendly slash kids movie? My first ever family friendly slash kids movie. For the <coughs> little ones, it's time for the kids scare. All right. So today I'm going to be covering 1987's Monster Squad. Um, the thing that really surprised me when I was researching this movie was what an absolute disaster it was at the box office. It lost a lot of money, um, which is pretty funny. Um, it actually lost $8.23 million at the box office. Um, I think a lot of it was gained back later because it did get very popular with VHS sales. Um, and it did end up creating a cult following, but it did spectacularly bad at the box office um it was up against um another uh, monster movie it was up against the lost boys which was a very um it was less family friendly less funny less campy it was it was a straight up horror movie that had little kids in it 
Um, and if you haven't seen that movie, that's definitely worth going to check out. Um, and it also drew some comparisons to Goonies and stuff like that. So it was kind of one of those movies where people were like, well, if I'm going to choose between two monster movies, I'm not going to choose the one that looks like a lot of other movies like Goonies and E.T. and other movies where kids are with other kind of monsters. Um, but that being said, when I was a kid, Monster Squad was a cool movie. I didn't go see it in the movie theaters. Apparently not a lot of people did. Um, but after the fact, when we saw it, it was always something that we that we talked about fondly. The, the story goes that there's a group of boys uh, that just love monsters, especially the universal monsters, your Draculas, your Frankensteins, your Wolfmans, that type of monster. And they had a club. It was kind of like on uh, Little Rascals with the He-Man Woman Haters Club. In fact, they were compared to that by one of the kids' little sisters who really badly wanted to be in the club, but they wouldn't let her in. She's a little girl, and what could little girls possibly know about monsters? Um, they end up finding a diary which belonged to Van Helsing, which was awesome until they realized it was in German and they can't read a thing about it. Um, so they go to the old scary German guy in town, which is what they actually call him, um, who turns out to be an old German guy, but not scary at all. He's actually really, really nice. Um, he, he does help the boys translate the diary. It turns out that there's an amulet, and if they can find the amulet, they can open up a portal, which will send all of the monsters away. Um, Dracula knows about the amulet, and he recruits the other monsters. He recruits Wolfman and the mummy and somebody that they call Gilman, which is pretty much the creature of the Black Lagoon. Um, and he tries to recruit Frankenstein, but uh, just like in Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, Frankenstein's actually not a monster. He's a good dude. Um, so Frankenstein decides he doesn't want to help the other monsters, and he goes off, and he runs into the little sister um, who befriends Frankenstein, and Frankenstein comes back with her to the clubhouse. Um, there's a pretty iconic line where the boys are really scared, and the little sister's holding Frankenstein's hand, and he's like, he's Frankenstein. He's our friend. He wants to help us. Don't be chicken shit. And it's pretty funny to hear a little girl, this little cute blonde girl, say, don't be chicken shit. They're her older brothers. Um, anyway, they find out through the diary that there's an incantation that needs to be said by a virgin um, while they have the amulet to open up the portal to send the monsters away. Um, they do end up finding the amulet. And the monsters know they have the amulet. So it's a huge showdown in this like small town USA setting where they're trying to read it. They got on um, one of the other kids' older sister is trying to read it. And for whatever reason, her incantation doesn't work um, because perhaps she wasn't entirely truthful about being a virgin. Because, um, you know, there was Steve, but Steve doesn't count, according to her. Uh, Steve counted, by the way. Um, <laughs> so, um, you know, they, they come very close to losing the battle with the monsters. Uh, Frankenstein ends up coming to their aid. He grabs Dracula and, and uh, chucks him onto a fence post, which spikes him. And um, it ends up being the little girl who befriended Frankenstein with the help of the German guy who reads the incantation, opens up the wormhole. The monsters go flying off. They're trying to save Frankenstein. A little girl's holding on to Frankenstein, yelling, please don't go, please don't go. Frank knows he needs to go. He's smiling. He's saying goodbye. He's saying, and she tosses him 
her little stuffy toy, which he catches and hugs and loves as he goes off into the portal where he belongs because he is a creature. He's a supernatural creature, however you want to put it. Um, it's it's funny. It's cute. It's campy. It is PG-13, so it's not as young of a family movie or a kid's movie as we've covered sometimes. Sometimes we cover some some really young stuff like Muppet type stuff or Disney type stuff. So it's a little older than that. There's um there's a few things to to address if you're gonna look at it. I know when I was a kid, uh, there's a face-off between the Wolfman and some of the kids, and one kid yells, kick him in the nards. And he says, Wolfman don't have nards, and he says, kick him. So he does, and the Wolfman, of course, doubles over, and the kid looks in amazement and goes, Wolfman's got nards. This was like one of the most quotable things when I was a kid. When I was in the old neighborhood down in Hog Memorial Drive in Whitman, we would sit there and, and we, oh, Wolfman's got nards, because it's funny, because you get, when you're a little boy, you talk about nards, it's funny. Um, so there's that. As I mentioned, there's the talk of, of being a virgin versus not being a virgin, which isn't super little kid friendly. Not that they'd probably even understand about it. Um, there's that. There's, um, there's a scene where they're spying through a window and you can see a girl in her undergarments. There's no nudity, but you can see her in her undergarments. Um, <laughs> um, and uh, so like I said, it's not for really, really little kids. Um, another thing that was kind of cool is one of the main character boys is wearing a t-shirt that says Stephen King rules, which I totally agree to. Um, another thing that the story has kind of drawn comparisons to was Stephen King's it, because it's a group of kids that get together to fight the monster. And I mean, obviously it's, it's one monster and it, and it's several monsters in this, but Pennywise takes on the shape of actually most of these monsters through the Stephen King story. Um, which did come out before this movie. So it drew some comparisons there. And it was kind of funny to see the little nod to Stephen King with Stephen King rules on the t-shirt. But all in all, it, it's a super fun movie. It's a cute movie. Um, you know your kids. It's a PG-13 movie. So it's not meant for real little kids. But I mean, I watched it when I was a little kid. I think probably some little kids could handle it. There's some scary moments with like a, it's a wolfman. Wolfman's going to be scary. So there's some scary moments that like real little kids might think about at bedtime, but for the most part, it's it's more funny than it is scary. Um, but it's a pretty cool entry into the horror movie genre, especially a little bit of an introduction to those Universal Pictures monsters. Yeah, no, I agree. And like you said, you know your kids. If you don't feel like they can watch it, they'll want to watch it. But it's I feel like it'd probably be pretty good younger than 13. But you know. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, I... One other thing that I meant to mention, sorry, I, I, I forgot about it until just now. So they actually didn't have the rights to the Universal Pictures Monsters, which is probably why they called the, the um, Creature of the Black Lagoon Gilman. And no, am I wrong? No, so I'm going to, I just want to make one small amendment. So yeah, please do. In Creature from the Black Lagoon from like 1955, four, six, whatever, uh, mid 50s. Um, it was commonly the monster that was commonly called the creature in the movie. Obviously, it was creature from the Black Lagoon, but he was known as Gilman. Oh, see, you taught me something. I did not know that. Yeah. But I will say that they had to look a little bit differently, which is like, like for example, Frankenstein's bolts are not on his neck; they're up higher on his head. Yeah. Um, and the, they couldn't use like the the tall, flat-topped head as much. So, um, 
they did have to make him look enough not like the Boris Karloff Frankenstein and um, the Bela Lugosi Dracula. They had to keep him a little bit different because they didn't own the rights and there was some copyright stuff that they had to be worried about. Um, but I think, I mean, they, they looked enough like those monsters that they were definitely instantly recognizable. And um, yeah, it was pretty fun. I thought it was a, I thought it was a pretty fun overall movie. And uh, yeah, that's, that's my take on it. All right. Well, I agree. And it is, it is a really good movie. I didn't see it until I was a bit older because it was never on my radar. I was too busy watching Lost Boys and stuff like that. So that's, Ooh, that you know, Sutherland. Hey, little girl, Kiefer Sutherland is a vampire. I'm here for it, I guess. So. I get it. I get it. No sparkles. Um, <laughs> that's it. No sparkles. Um, well, I don't know. Do you, so do you got anything else for me? Uh, just one other thing being that I have been um, the the social media presence for the thing. I'm just going to ask anybody who's listening to the show, if you're not already doing it, please go on Facebook, follow our Facebook page. It's just scary pants off. If you search out on Facebook, we come up. Um, and possibly if you want to check out our Instagram with us, uh, it's just scary pants off pod on Instagram, um, Facebook, Instagram, likes, follows, alerts, all of those, all of those things. Um, and tell your friends, we, we, we're having fun making the show and we'd love to have uh, more input from you guys. It'd be fantastic. Yep, I agree a hundred percent. So um, uh, Eric will be joining us for the next, uh, obviously for this episode and then uh, for two more episodes. Uh, so Tom can deal with things that he's got to be dealing with. And well, I don't know. That's it really. So everybody, thanks for stopping by and giving us a listen. Meet us at the snack bar next week on Friday the 13th is on the big screen. Until then, sweet dreams. Bye, guys. Bye. As always, thank you for listening. Feel free to reach out to your hosts by email at scareyourpantsoff9 at gmail.com or find us on Facebook. Be sure to like, subscribe, and turn on notifications wherever you get your podcasts. If we haven't scared you away yet, you're our kind of people, so check under your bed and keep your feet under the covers if those closet doors shut. <laughs> Till next week, my friends.